Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to all our guests. 
that are on the lines in the chat room. David will be helping us with the uh, chat room. If you want to go in there, make comments about what you're hearing, or even ask questions. We also encourage you, if you're on Twitter, do hashtag check XO radio. That's T E. And join the conversation as well. So don't just leave it up to us to ask these questions of Fran. You also, this is meant to be interactive. So, Fran, let me start off with let's talk about how did you come up with the title and the name of your business, Significant? Well, Jacqueline and David, again, thank you for having me as a guest on the show. It's very exciting to have an opportunity to connect with your listeners. Virtually, I know some people will be listening to this later on the archive. Coming up with the name of the book was actually a challenge. I have been coaching entrepreneurs over the last 13 years and have worked with approximately 1,000 entrepreneurs each year. And one of the things that I found is that entrepreneurs, whether they're in their own business, thinking about starting their own business, or are within an environment or a nonprofit environment as entrepreneurs, that there are challenges and frustrations. And often people would say or ask me, how do I get past what's getting me stuck and move on to what's important to me? And I, as I distilled that question down over and over, it really came to me that what people were really asking for was how can they be significant? How can they move beyond pain points towards the opportunities that they know that they're surrounded by and really focus their energy for action and achieve significance, whether it was on a personal level or a professional level, and really make a difference the people that were around them. So significance um, came out of conversations with people who really wanted to be their best selves. So let's now talk about the, the book. The book is actually a workbook. So let's talk about why did you choose that format? Well, that was a very conscious decision in deciding not to do uh, a memoir or a non-fictional book. Um, a workbook to me, again, as a coach and as a facilitator, really was an attempt at starting that two-way conversation, at starting that dialogue. And two-way, not so much, not so much with me, um, because even though I was sharing my story but a two-way dialogue because after each short story, there was an opportunity, and I baked in an opportunity, for people to look at discussion questions and be introspective and reflective, as you mentioned in the opening. Absolutely. And, and one of the things, um, how I also take it, is that um, when you're trying to move and, and find that significant self, there's work that you have to do. Um, and, and that's what you've laid it out for um, whoever picks up the book, which I strongly urge. And, and um, I can already tell some of my family and friends this is going to be a gift um, sooner versus later. I'm going to get some extra copies because when I just started opening and going through the pages, I immediately said, oh, I, I've got to get one, you know, for my, my sister, for my my niece, for, you know, just various friends. So it's it's a great book, and it's a great gift. So if you pick up one, go ahead and pick up two um, and give someone. Because you also talk about working the workbook, not just by your yourself. Do you, would you like to expand upon that? Sure, sure. Sure, um, sure. My vision is really that individuals working by themselves and for themselves and instead really consider how they can be part of a community. So first you have the dialogue with yourself. What's working? Where, where do I want to be? What do I want more of? 
But then you really have the dialogue with other people that are either going where you're going, have been where you want to be, or are trying to get to where you're going and share something back. So the idea is that as individuals read these short stories and answer the discussion questions after each short story, that they actually open up and are honest with a friend and give that friend the gift of listening and receive the gift of listening from a friend as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about, would, would you, like I said, you really opened up in the, the, the book, but is there one, maybe you would share with us, for example, some challenges uh, that caused your frustration and, and, and um, how you, because I'm sure even writing the book was therapeutic and you, you, had, you even discovered stuff about yourself as you were writing the book. But share with us, what were some of your frustrations, just to give the audience a taste? Sure. Um, on a personal level, as you mentioned, one might look at my brief biography and say, oh, Franz had it all. And I think the opposite is true of any individual. In particular, there were some challenges that I faced as a young girl entering college, which happened to be Princeton University, at age 16. So automatically, I was in an environment where there were individuals that were older than I was, um, who had a specific point of view, and I very quickly had to adjust. Um, as I got older, entering the corporate world, there were some challenges that I faced under the assumption that work was always about doing the right thing and doing the, uh, giving the best that you could give. Um, because sometimes at work, people really don't like when you are at your best. And then later on, um, as I entered my 40s, there were some hallmark health issues, including breast cancer and a stroke. So as I began to really review what happened within my life, I found that really part of my perspective is about being positive. And it's not just being positive. It's about looking at what contributions can I make despite the challenges or along with the challenges that are at hand. Absolutely, absolutely. So thank you for being available on bookshelves and you would you first share with our, our audience, how can they uh, connect with you, um, Fran? Well, the easiest way is really to go to my website and at my website, which happens to be www.significantyou, and then the letter C.com, because at my website, if they want to purchase the book, they can purchase the book. And they can also connect with me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter. They can um, follow me on Google+. And they can even join the Mighty Bell community, online community, where they can share their significant stories. So my website, www.significantyouc. Com, it's probably the easiest place to start to make the connection. Thank you, Fran. And let me and let me emphasize to our listening order uh, audience here: the C at the end of that website is the letter C, not S E E, but the letter C. So that's significant Y O U, the letter C dot com. Thank you very much. So let's, so let's continue. And for those of you, if you're online, you might want to go over and, and Google, pull up uh, the, the book. Um, it's available live on Amazon. And start looking at the, the, the cover and reading the, the synopsis as we continue to talk about the, the content of the book. 
And as we talked about um, in the, the first half of this interview, it's a workbook. So it allows you to do some work on yourself, answer some questions, and, and evaluate your story. Um, I have a, a, a friend, she always says, everybody has a story. You know, we've all been through something. And, and it's, it's therapeutic to, you know, sometimes stop and assess. You know, in IT, we call it do your lessons learned. We do lessons learned on projects. Sometimes we've got to stop and step back and look at our life story and experiences, and it's great to do some lessons learned. And one of the things that I would, I dare say is that if you take the time to, to go through the, the book um, and digest Fran's story and then do the discussions questions with yourself, a, a partner, or even uh, with a, a group, and there's an online group, as Fran mentioned, you'll start to um, evaluate and analyze your story and discover some things about those the lessons that was in it for you to learn. Um, and whether or not you ever publish your memoirs, but at least you kind of laid out and, and got to reflect on, on your story. And, and, and I dare say that that's probably some of your, your thought process and, and what you're hoping for people to do. Can, can you talk about maybe your target audience? Who, who did you write the book? Who are you hoping would pick up and what would they get out of the book, Fran? Thanks, Jacqueline. My target audience is really the woman who is either in a business right now and or wants to start a business. And for those that want to start a business, those can include feel trapped in their current job as well as individuals that say, I think I can, maybe I should, I don't know if it's really the right time, and have them, if not become entrepreneurs, at least embrace their entrepreneurial spirit. Because the entrepreneurial spirit is really all about identifying what do you have of value that others value that will help them with a problem or a need such that you really make a contribution, which would be you are significant in their life and you find value and significance in your own life. Thanks, Fran. Thanks. I tell you, it takes a lot of courage to share one's life story uh, with the listening audience, knowing that if, you know, you're exposing yourself, but you know these stories are so profound, and they repeat themselves time and time again for individuals going through a career. I, I flip open the book, and I could grab anything, and it just makes my uh, my skin bubble uh, from copy machine. You have. If you have if you have knowledge, let others light their candles in it. I like that. There was another. We are not what we know, but what we are willing to learn. That really resonated with me. And another one that I picked out. Every person in this life has something to teach me, and as soon as I accept that, I open myself to true listening. Of course, that was a quote from Catherine Doucette. Uh, but it was very significant and profound and appropriate in your book here. What made you pick some of these titles? Well, I had the good fortune of working with an editor who happened to be someone that I went to high school, however, that I hadn't really talked with over the last 30 years. And when I was putting the book together, I knew that if the book was really for others, that I couldn't write it and just publish it. I needed to write it and get feedback. And so I literally contacted over 200 people, and approximately 100 people started to give me feedback. And in that process, um, I identified that long stories were less effective than short stories. I also identified that it was helpful if people had a framework for what I was sharing. So I actually identified five key themes that are part of the book. The first is get going. I mean, when you when you are on the path to being significant, again, a lot of people say, I could have, I should have. And my advice or lesson 
lesson learned is stop saying what you could do, just get going. The second big theme is embrace opportunity. Opportunity is around you, so the next step is to truly embrace it as a learning experience, knowing that failure is only feedback. And then the third is for support. Find people who can encourage you from discourage you and that will support you in your journey. The fifth was accepting love. And David, as you mentioned, the titles are designed to be catchy and get reflective of the essence of a particular story. And then the final theme was be significant. So the stories themselves were carefully chosen um, to be anywhere from 500 to 1,500 words. The discussion book format was designed intentionally so that once someone read a story, almost like an Aesop's fable, I would immediately share that kernel or that lesson. And then the stories were grouped into five overarching themes that the reader could, in fact, pick up the book, find a theme that made sense to them, read a quote, and if the quote drew them in, then go ahead and read the story. Although I've had people that said to me, Fran, I read the book from back to front instead of front to back. I've actually read the discussion questions. Um, I've marked up the book. I picked a quote and shared that with a friend. Um, I looked at the final paragraph of a story and then asked myself, what does that mean to me? And what lesson is relevant? How is that lesson relevant to me? So the feedback that I've received is that with the support of a community, um, I have started a process of sharing that helps other people share and be significant. So that's really what's rewarding. That's great. That's great. Thanks for explaining that, Brian. Additionally, in your book, you mentioned Lean In. Could you please explain that to the audience? Sure. Lean In, Carol Sandberg wrote a book called Lean In, and it has gotten a lot of international acclaim. And I had the good fortune in New York to be one of the facilitators of one of the larger Lean In groups. So essentially, Lean In is a concept that women often lean back or shy away from leadership opportunities. And so Cheryl is proposing that women find the courage within themselves to lead in to leadership. Um, she also used a personal story format, and then from that created a movement that allowed people to read her book and then talk about not so much just the book, but talk about their experiences related to different topics. And I found that format engaging. And so after being a lean-in coach and facilitator and being asked by many people based on my many years of being a business coach and a speaker, I decided that I would use a similar format for my own book. That is awesome. Um, and, 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 again, um, we're, we're talking about significant from frustrated to fantastic with Fran McNeil. It's her new book. It has inspirational stories for entrepreneurial women. But as we said, men, you also, in anyone, you know, as you're, you're going through um, ups and downs, you know, any time there's inspiration, it doesn't matter. I don't think that it's uh, – target toward one sex, but of course, you talk a lot to women being a, a female that from your experiences. So um, there's those shared um, things that people can get out of it, and there are those things specifically that, you know, woman to woman we can we can kind of understand and relate to. Um, and so it's, it's I, I, I like the way you were kind of outlining 
the way it's written, depending on whatever your learning style is, you know, there's nuggets you can pick up out of it, um, whether you go for the, the, the quotes, to, you know, at the beginning, if you go for the, like you said, final paragraph, if you start with the questions, um, and then what you'll find is that it's going to draw you in and, and you'll want to devour more. Um, so it's, it's an awesome piece of work and so many things that can inspire you. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things is having a good diet of positive information, a good flow of positive information. You've got to feed yourself mentally, physically, spiritually um, with positivity. And, and that's one of the things Technology Express, so, you know, that's what we're trying to do is provide information, provide you with guests such as Fran that um, are on that, have that same synergy, have that same belief system about no matter what you're going through, um, you've got to still push through, lean in, move forward, whatever the case may be. And some of that is just through um, having that, that right network and surrounding yourself with the right people. And that that goes back to what you also said. When you said you reached out to over, I think you said 200 people, you reached out to your network um, and and got input and feedback in order to create this this great work that that you you created, and and I know that we also have on the the um, lines and also in the chat rooms. And first of all, don't be shy uh, if you want to type it in in the chat room. Those who are on TechnologyExpresso.com, if you scroll down, you'll see a chat window, um, and you can ask a question. And David is. Uh, manning the chat room, and we will uh, read your question on the air. Or if you're on the phone and you press one, uh, that's kind of like raising your hand, <laughs> and uh, we will open up your mic and you can ask your question directly to Fran. So either way, go ahead and lean in. Don't be shy. Don't lean back and just be a passive listener. Please, you're welcome to uh, be a part of our our, our show. Um. And let's talk about that. I know that some of our uh, the, the people who are listening, some of them are uh, some of our personal friends and regular listeners, some of them have even endeavored and, and thought about writing books. It's it's a, a process, and it takes a commitment in itself. Can you just talk to us about when you decided that you were going to write a book? What was your the journey that brought you to that? And then, you know, how long did it take you until you got your, you know, I think it's like you said giving birth uh, to a baby. When, when did, you know, take us from the concept, the work that went into it until you, you gave birth to this? Sure. Thank you. That's a, that's a sure. very powerful question, Jacqueline. And I will do my best to be efficient, effective, and compelling. So the quick version, the quick answer to how did I start the process and complete the process of the book is that as number one, as I read other people's books, as I heard of other stories, and as I watched uh, motivational speakers or even people in a meeting share a challenge and share how they dealt with it. I began to make notes around why was that story powerful and meaning to me. So I think the first step is really observation and discovery. The second was when I found myself saying, I've done something similar. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, I could have used that information a long time ago. I began to recognize that through observation, I too had pearls of wisdom that would be valuable to someone else, either because it validated what they already knew, because it encouraged them to take a first step, because it encouraged them to pick up speed. And then I actually began sharing some of my experiences with others. And I remember um, several years ago when I first found out I had breast cancer, I actually sent an email out. Blogs were really extremely popular. Um, but I, I sent an email blast essentially saying to folks, I'm facing a challenge, and I really don't know what to do. I'm feeling kind of scared. It was a very brief email. And in essence, 
I exposed myself and the response that I got, and normally the emails that I would send to people were marketing-oriented or fact-based or, you know, tips on how to grow their business. And that very short personal email had an incredible response. And it was then that I rediscovered the power of writing. And so um, I literally began to think about um, stories that I had, began organizing them, and literally then began to put the pen to paper. So it, it took several years before I pulled this book together. But once I got the idea, wrote some things down, created that online review committee, um, I quickly found that people were very generous in their feedback <laughs> and um, motivated me, in fact, to make some changes and make the writing much tighter. There, that, that is awesome. And, and, I mean, I think, you know, that even, you know, should encourage people even more to go and pick up the book when you when you kind of understand the writing process, the motivation, the story behind the uh, the the book because that that's very powerful and even how you wrote that email out when you were going through that that challenge and and you know that's that's one of the things is reach out you know to your community don't go through this in isolation um, and not only like you said, the response you got, but even at the same time, you're helping someone. Because even someone listening to you um, right now, this may be the thing that helps them understand that when you're going through, it's okay to reach out and ask for help and, and not, um, you know, just go in your shell and hide and be concerned about your image. Um, and, and that's so important. And, um you know, in our community, you know, whether it's women supporting women, minorities supporting minorities, um, we, we need to know that we're there for each other through the good and the bad, you know, not just hiding behind images and, uh, you know, personas. So, um, you know, kudos to you and, and that message, too, for our our audience. And I actually, I have a, a question that um, is, is coming in, and this one is from um, Dawn Majors, actually, and um, her question is, is that do you think with women, um, with them being trying to be superwomen, trying to do it all, um, how do you feel, do you think that sometimes um, plays a role in their health issues, and, and um, is, is that part of it? I mean, this may just be your uh, opinion. I, um, but but what are your thoughts on that with women today maybe being pushed in the role of trying to be super women? Is that having an impact on their where we see more health issues as a result? Jacqueline, that's a that's a very insightful question, and I want to thank Dawn. Um, number one, she retweeted your uh, Twitter post, and then she followed me on Twitter. So I want to acknowledge um, really the power of technology and touch that can happen almost instantaneously in today's world. So that, that kind of leads into the whole superwoman concept. What's, what's significant about women in particular is that we are literally born with the capability to create. Um, we are born to create people, to create communities, um, and we are can nurture um, people. And so given, depending on the culture that we grow up in, we may be asked and or expected to serve not only ourselves, our family, our community, but maybe even take on leadership roles that cause us to think that if we're not superwoman, We've got to do it perfectly every time, all the time. And so that challenge of, I call it, trying to be perfect um, can often push us into being pessimistic. 
And so my response would be that when women strive for perfection or strive to be a superwoman, um, no one was born with a cape. I have yet to see a person born with tights and a cape. Um, Wonder Woman had the lasso of truth. I think that that is useful for all women. But other than that, I, other than that, I wouldn't worry about the cape. So um, trying to be superwoman is um, putting yourself in a position of near impossibility. And as a business coach, as a sister, as a friend, um, as an advocate, as a facilitator, I encourage women to really discover what are their strengths, to figure out how they can leverage those strengths, and to find areas where when they do what they love, and where they find people that appreciate what they're giving, to do that well and to enjoy being where they are. Um, And what that does is give you space to then be calm, to be still, um, to receive instead of always giving and trying to protect um, your image and trying to protect others. So maybe a, a little longer on was looking at. But in essence, being a superwoman um, may be thrust upon you by society, and being a significant woman means that you will push back, that you will focus your energy for action, that you will be committed to delivering value, and you will think about yourself as well as thinking about others so that the focus is on service rather than selflessness or selfishness. Beautiful, beautifully said. No, appreciate that very much, and I know that that Dawn does as well. So, so thank you, Dawn, and and to others as well. Uh, if you can get to the the chat window, feel free to type in your question, or as I said, you can press one on your telephone for those who are on the line, or you can send a tweet. Um, and we are at sign text Expresso Radio. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-O radio or at Tech XO Cafe and you can send a tweet directly to me and uh, David and I will be happy to read your questions or your comments. Absolutely, absolutely. And along that, along that same line of uh, conversation, Fran, as you mentioned, you seem to have done a very good job of balancing your roles as as a woman and as a professional in this environment. Uh, you've coached and mentored a lot of people, as you mentioned earlier. Can, uh, can you share maybe one of your most significant success stories that you're most proud of, please? Absolutely. One of the significant success stories that I'm most proud of involves an individual that started her business literally in her basement because she was making hair products. And she found that she would go to flea markets and trade shows with lots of products and then come back from flea markets and trade shows with lots of products. And she said to herself, I love what I do, but it is not, I'm not able to get my product out to people that love um, to receive it. And so we began a coaching process where I essentially asked questions and allowed her to discover some of her strengths. And because I am a process person, I then helped her create some metrics, which involved really studying who's going to be at those trade fairs or flea markets, what products are being sold, what price point are they being sold at, how often are people repeat buyers, and she began to study her ideal client and then talk 
to her ideal client as opposed to, as a friend of mine, a colleague of mine says, stop listening to the voice that you keep telling yourself. Um, listen to others. And um, she was actually able to set goals, leave her house with a certain number of products, sell out 90%. She then began an online business, and she now has written some books herself and has a very successful business. So in my role, part of what I've learned is balance really does involve listening as well as talking, and we have two ears and one mouth, so doing a lot more listening. It involves asking questions and being willing to receive. And if you are an entrepreneur, it absolutely means providing services and products of value that you're and listening to the customer. So that's that's part of uh, that was why that story um, and that experience was so significant. Is I really was able to help someone whose business was you know less than ten thousand dollars take it into a seven figure business. And thank you so much for that. And and I, I want to underscore uh, a couple of things there. And um, I think that there's some listeners that may be able to relate to this. There's a lot of people who have a passion and a desire to to start a business. They may um, have a, a particular area that they're very passionate about. But something that I keyed in on is that they they have to remember it's still a business. And you took her through something very uh, logical and analytical from a business perspective. you got to look at the metrics. You can't just, you know. And so I, I, I love that, and I um, – I want the listeners out there to hear that as well, because I also do um, some coaching uh, here locally. So some of that resonated with me. But um, and one of the things, and I'm looking at some of the the tweets and and comments, um, and the one the word that that's popped up is fear. Whether it's fear to get started or fear to move on to the next step, what do you have to say about fear, friends? Fear can immobilize you, um, and when I'm often asked to be a motivational speaker, I begin with this concept that you might be infected with fear, and also you might be paralyzed. And the goal is to look at the fear, look at the root of the fear. What is it that you're truly afraid of? And often it is things like being embarrassed. Um, of not being successful. And so there are things that others put on you. And, again, I ask people to look inside themselves. And you mentioned that a lot of the discussion questions are reflective. Um, That act of looking at your own behaviors, taking ownership of when you are doing things, that are causing results that are less than optimal for yourself and others. And to begin to do what I say is um, around the five P's. Identify your passion. Understand the purpose that you really want to achieve. Create a plan. Identify performance metrics. So if you're performing, it's not for you, it's to provide a result for others. And then in the business environment, what are the profits that will come out of it? And sometimes when I talk with individuals, they say, well, I'm into social entrepreneurship or I'm not in it for the money. And so I've really expanded the definition of profit to include how can you have a benefit that others can enjoy, taste, and feel, and smell, and experience. So the profits may be something that allow you to buy tickets to an event. For example, all of us happen to be part of BDPA. So it might the profits of your labor might allow you to sponsor a child to attend the National BDPA Conference. Um, so. Fear is real, 
I acknowledge it. And a big part of what I do as a facilitator and a coach is help people refocus and reframe what they're looking at. And I do that by asking people to think about the five P's, passion, purpose, planning, performance, and profit. Because, again, as a, as a process person, I truly believe that looking at things little by little, step by step, um, allows you to sometimes step back and also step into the arms of others who can support you, who can guide you, who can encourage you. And again, being significant is truly about being something that is more than yourself. That is so well said. And, and, and to our listeners, you're getting these nuggets. So just imagine if you pick up Fran's book, Significant, how much more. And again, um, love that there's, it's a workbook format. So it lets you not only to learn and um, feel her stories, so you know that she's been there. You know, you know that she's genuine, that she's just not um, standing up there and telling you what you should do. She's had some very real and significant life experiences, frustrations, challenges, and um, she's leaned in. And so as her examples, and then you do the discussion questions um, and uh, discover about yourself. And, and that's one of the things, I, you know, I, I started reflecting on my, myself as I've, I've coached people. Um, and tell me, if, from coach to coach, this is a coach to coach question, um, have you ever found where you, people just didn't want to do the work? And, or they may even, and you may have heard this as a business owner, that they want to own their own business uh, because they don't, you know, they don't think it's as much work. Um, what is this? I mean, how, how do you react when you find people trying to avoid work when actually the, the most important things in life, it takes some work of some sort if, if it's really what you're, you're passionate about. But what do you, it, maybe that's just me, but tell me uh, if, if you've experienced that. Well, Jacqueline, I'm struggling because um, I'm currently involved in a national project that works with thousands of entrepreneurs. Um, typically, their revenues range from 150k to 4 million, and um, I am known in that particular role to be very upfront with people about the work that is required to deliver a product or service of value. Um, it's no easy task. Solo entrepreneurship. I think, is an oxymoron. And when people come to a coach and basically say, I want the results, but I'm not willing to work for it, um, I think a good coach says to them, well, <laughs> I'm not the person for you. Um, but uh, it is um, everything requires work. And sometimes the work is being still. Sometimes the work is listening. Um, sometimes the work is asking customers or asking associates, what is it that's needed? Um, so the work doesn't always mean that um, it's all about you. And, in fact, one of the things I wanted to share before we close is that in writing this particular book, Significant from Frustrated to Fantastic, which is obviously a play on, on words, um, inspirational stories for the entrepreneurial woman. What I have found is that a number of people have come up to me and said, you know what, I have a story that I'd love to share. And in our community groups, I hear that. So I'm actually, number one, working on republishing the book in French and in Spanish. Um, I've had a number of women in Africa and several women um, from Spanish-speaking countries that are interested in reading the book in their own language. And secondly, the next book that I publish will, in fact, be significant stories from my readers. So for those of you that 
um, or may read one of my stories or answer the discussion questions and say, you know what, I have something to contribute that I think would make a difference to other women. I encourage you to follow me on Facebook, um, to uh, at least uh, join my mailing list on my website, significant Y-O-U, the letter C.com, so that you can get access to the information and perhaps be a contributor to the next book. Wow, that's fascinating. Thanks for that, uh, uh, Fran. And you you answered my next question, which was how you were leveraging technology and social media to get your message out. And it's clear that you have you use several different uh, formats, and 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 these formats can be reached across the globe, not just nationally, but across the planet, as you mentioned, in other countries, Africa, uh, uh, Spain, and the other countries. And 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 through the use of the internet, it kind of helps with some of the translation as well. So uh, I applaud you for uh, being global. So we. Uh, so to speak here. So, so what's next? What's next for Fran McNeil? Well, what's next is, as I mentioned, um, getting the book published in French and Spanish. I'm working on an audio version of the book, and I actually am soliciting um, individuals who can read chapters of my book in French and Spanish. Um, and I am working on a TV format where I will interview women with their significant stories because I found that women of a variety of ages um, have stories to share. So it's, this is becoming um, a larger community that was my original goal, that was my purpose. Um, I know that I'm not alone. I understand that I learn from others, and I welcome being sort of an agent of change and taking a leadership role in helping other women share their stories. That is beautiful. And, you know, I think once again what what comes to mind for me is the more you open up your arms, which is, is very clear that you're a very open, inclusive person, you're looking, you're always there to see how to to help and include others, it's the more you open it up, um, you know, the the bigger this thing gets, and it's it goes beyond. And, and that's one of the things in, in writing, even the writing the book, which as I mentioned at the top, it was very selfless for you to share some very intimate and personal stories. I I read the part where you you were called the armadillo, so um, I, I, I I can understand. But the more you give, it's like you you receive. And some people have to realize the less you make it about just about me and what me, 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 you know, that's when things really start opening up and, and taking off. And and I, I want to go back to also um, Dave's other comment. And, and people don't know, you know, that we have a connection through BDPA. Um, some of I know you've mentioned it um, throughout some of your answers, but uh, I just want to make it clear to some of our listeners that we have a connection through BDPA and the uh, whole technology, again, the tie into Technology Express. So, but being a business uh, woman, having a business, and, and now writing the book, um, we have to make sure that uh, women also understand if they want to be entrepreneurs, how important the Internet and social media is um, to take your businesses to the, the next level. Do you still find uh, women who are shying away from that? Do, do you have a, a message for them from your experiences um, as far as leveraging technology, even if you're not a techie, so to speak, but, but leveraging technology? Yes, uh, Jacqueline, that's an excellent question. It's, it's a really powerful question. And one of the things that I found is that here's an opportunity for women of different generations to get together. So um, I drew some of my experiences from stories that women who are a little bit older than I shared. And what they have shared with me is when they go to sort of document their stories, they don't necessarily want to use the Internet, but they are leveraging nieces and nephews and um, they go back to high schools 
and maybe talk and share, and then they get younger people involved in helping to capture their stories. So what's powerful about the Internet is that it's a platform to share, and yet fundamentally individuals, as they work on developing their critical thinking skills, and I know that you and David are involved in STEM, science, technology, engineering, math, um, some even call it STEAM, with including the arts, that communication skills, oral, written, critical thinking skills are still at the heart of identifying a story, finding that lesson, sharing that lesson. So even if it's uh, a letter put in a bottle and tossed in the ocean, which is, of course, not ecologically friendly, um, capturing the story and sharing the story is really what's important because others can benefit, and in giving and sharing your stories, you also receive. Absolutely beautiful. And and, and we, you know, I, I'm looking, we have burned down the clock. It's been a great uh, 60 minutes uh, uh, having this conversation with you. And I'm going to tell our audience, I'm looking forward to seeing Fran at the BDPA conference so I can get my copy autographed. Um, if for no other reason, I think you should get your registration for the conference just to do that. No, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons to go to the conference, but we're looking forward to seeing you face-to-face. We enjoyed you, and as we, you know, our mic is always open to you. We're looking forward to the, the updates and, and following more of your success and your, your inspiration. Yes, everyone. Don't forget to visit Fran and get more of her stories and how it impacts your life at www.significantuc.com. That's significant, Y-O-U, the letter C, dot com. And thank you, Fran, for sending us two copies of your book. I will be bringing mine as well uh, for a signature, so I appreciate that as well. Well, thank you so much, Jacqueline and David, for having the leadership and the courage and being significant in so many ways in your community and internationally through the show. It really has been a pleasure, and I appreciate and value the invitation. Well, thank you, and it does mean a lot uh, having you on the show and having those kind words. Thank you very much. Yes, and I, I like to end the show with a quote from Fran's book for all you ladies and everyone out there. The statement is, the question isn't who's going to let me, it's who's going to stop me. So let that resonate and marinate in that message a little while until you hear from Fran again and hear from us. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.